Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. When you look at officiating, I don't think it's ever been better in the league. There are over 42,000 plays in a season. Multiple infractions could occur on any play. Take that out and extrapolate that. That's hundreds, if not millions, of, of, of potential fouls. And our officials do an extraordinary job of getting those. Are there mistakes in the context of that? Yes. They are not perfect, and officiating never will. Roger Goodell, some of his comments from a bit of the State of the League address. The officiating comments got a lot of attention. Joe and I talked about that a bit in the 7 o'clock hour, quite a bit, that he is probably right, that things are in a good spot. Not perfect, but really in a good spot from when it comes to officiating. Jeremy White, Sneaky Joe with you here on WGR. And joining us on the Western Hotline is Richard Deitch, Buffalonian, all around the world, Toronto. He does the sports media podcast. Uh, Richard, good morning. Good morning, Gus. So, a lot of things to get to, of course. Um, I mean, we could start with the Bills season. How the Bills season hit you? <laughs> We're still kind of, you know, reeling from the way that it did end. Yeah, I mean, you know, as someone who covered the team, you know, when Howard Simon was a, a pup, um, or I was a pup, Howard Simon was a, a little bit older pup, um, it's, it was... It was a. It was a real. From it was a, there was a lot of emotion. I, I imagine, like many Buffalonians, I sort of felt the the same thing. They're just like so much happened to that team in one season. It was almost like a decade worth of things that happened to a singular organization. So I try to keep it in perspective, and I know that's very hard for Bills fans to do. But you know, it's not so long ago where the team was no factor nationally in that league. The team really looked like. It had no long-term future. It didn't have a franchise quarterback. So things are in a much better place. That said, I think if you ask me heading into the season, I thought they would have been in the Super Bowl. It seemed like things were lining up. I love the Von Miller signing. And so it's been a long time, at least for an NFL team, where I sort of experienced you know, so many different emotional things during a singular year. And I, I did actually expect them to lose to the – um, to the Bengals, it, they really just to me on that game felt like a spent team, and I think emotionally, and I think that's what we saw. 
on the field that day, obviously understanding that there are some personnel decisions that, that need to be upgraded. So it was, you know, having watched this team for a long, long time, I covered them way, way back in the day. It, uh, it, it was a pretty surreal and interesting year. And Richard, you know, as you say, they used to be a non-factor. I think this is part of the conversation here about sports media. We have conversations now about are they going to get on Sunday night or Monday night and Thanksgiving three out of four years. And it's a team that, you know, the whatever, the overall image of the franchise or the, the whatever, the footprint, however you want to say it, they are, they've moved into like premier franchise in the league when it comes to eyeballs right there with the Chiefs. And some of the other, maybe like the Blue Bloods, you know, Steelers, Cowboys. Um, they're not quite like the Cowboys, but this team matters on on a national level with NFL fans. And I think Bills fans kind of are starting to get, whatever, comfortable with that. That's it's, it's a fun place to be. Yeah, no, look at the Bills fans on the red carpet. Unbelievable change. Um, yeah, no, the they absolutely are. I mean, no one's the Cowboys, by the way, in terms of a, a national team. They're, they're the viewership um, sort of flagpole in the league that probably will not change in our lifetime regardless of how the Cowboys are. It's just sort of baked into the NFL scheduling pie. But yeah, I mean, I put the bills with, you know, the Packers, the Steelers, the chiefs, um, you know, whatever, like the sort of hot team is at that moment. The Eagles are generally speaking a very, very good television team because of that market. Um, Interestingly enough, the New York teams and the LA teams are not, uh, they need to actually be good. I, I would say to be considered a television team, but yeah, I mean, the bills are there. The, the reality, the thing with the NFL, and this is actually reality is you can tell what teams are national teams very simply by the teams that get the national windows. You know, if you're getting Monday night football games, if you're getting Sunday night football games, if you're uh, set up for the back end of the double header for CBS or Fox at four twenty-five, And if you get, you know, your one Thursday night football game, like, you know, you're a national your national team. That's generally speaking um, what the indicator is. And the last couple of years, obviously, given what my job is, you know, talking to a lot of television executives, like they want the Bills. Like that's just reality. They're an exciting, fun team. They score a lot of points. They have a lot of stars. That's the kind of team that doesn't just draw fans from Buffalo, but, you know, draws fans from Boise and Los Angeles and Miami, et cetera. This is a ways off. Do you think they would be back in play for that opening game, despite the fact that they were in it last year? They play both the Eagles and the Chiefs on the road next year. Uh, yeah, I would doubt it. And I would, I said this to like uh, um, like Toronto fans too, who like lose their mind if they're like uh, you know if they're not on national TV for the NBA or stuff like that. Like it, it, you know, like Bills fans, it's okay. Like if you're not in the opener, like it doesn't mean that the league doesn't like you, et cetera. Uh, but I would say no. I think just because. My sense is that the league likes to, generally speaking, change that up a little bit with the teams. And so I would just, if you're asking me today, I would take a guess and say they probably will not be in that. If I had to guess, and again, you know, it's not like I've talked to the NFL schedule uh, makers in the last uh, couple months, you know, Eagles, Chiefs, Cincinnati, probably I, I would be very surprised if one of those three teams are not part of the opener. Speaking with Richard Deitch on the uh, Wester Hotline. All right, so you, you're mentioning TV executives. You know, we could talk about the teams. And then, of course, there are the people that are on the broadcast. And I, I've read you writing about Greg Olson. He's on the Super Bowl with Kevin Burkhart. The Brady conversation has kicked up. I mean, you know, we talk about Tom Brady a lot. He was a part of our lives for a long time. So let's start with the Fox team now and Greg Olson 
and Kevin Burkhardt, and the, the way things go in the booth, because I think Greg Olson's not exactly like a household name at this point. He, he he openly talks about, like, he doesn't have the star power that Aikman does or that Brady will, but he's been pretty good at it. And I guess, Richard, the question I have for you is, what's more important to these television executives? Is it being good at it, or is it just being the star? <laughs> you know that old phrase, like, the answer to all your questions is money? That's that's mm-hmm. that's what's important to television executives. Um, well, Olsen's interesting because you hit it on the head. He's not a Dallas Cowboys quarterback. He's not a Super Bowl winning quarterback. You know what I mean? He's he's not someone who is a star in the league. And the NFL, of course, markets its its league through quarterbacks as they should. So that makes him just an interesting person in television because he didn't come from the same path. He's had a very very good year, and I think. Part of the reason he's been good is, one, like he's clearly prepped and he's able to understand some uh, – I'm sorry, he's able to let viewers know some complex things in some very layperson terms, and that's obviously a, a significant skill. I also think he um, he got the benefit of uh, low expectations. And, you know, I, I'm not sure what people thought coming in. I don't think they thought that Greg Olson was going to be the next Aikman or the next John Madden, and he's been really, really good. And so in that case, you know, you, you want to, um, you know, you want to over in any job, right? You want to, you want to overperform what people think you're, you're going to do. And that's what Olsen has done. Burkhart's a very good play by play person. He's, uh, um, he's unselfish with the mic. He, he gives his analysts a lot of time to make their points. And I think Olsen is for Fox. I think it's been an incredibly successful thing because, you know, he costs you a lot less money than the other analysts, whether it be Aikman or, or Romo or you know, Collinsworth. And he's had a very, very good year. They just got bailed out, if you're really sort of wanting into inside sort of sports media terms, by Brady saying he's going to take a gap year and not work next year because they really would have had a kind of a tough decision. And, that, and it wouldn't have been a decision. Like Greg Olson would have gone to the number two team. But that, that would have been pretty rough for Fox executives in that you had this short thing. You had a great year with Kevin Burkhart. You're then breaking up what has been an excellent team. You'd be putting Greg Olson on number two team, trying to get the chemistry for whatever that group is. And then, you're trying to, and then you bring Tom Brady in, and you hope, knock on wood, right, that he's pretty much really good right off the bat. So Tom Brady gave them a break in that. It'll be Olson and Burkhart next year. And then finally – I would just say this, like Sunday is very big for the professional career of Greg Olson. He may never do a Super Bowl again. He may never have this kind of audience again. And whatever he becomes and wherever he goes, which could be beyond Fox, Sunday will how he does Sunday will determine that. All all the money that Brady got, and also you can go back to what, Buck and Aikman too last year. How, what, what is the worth of those guys really to the broadcast? I feel like I've read plenty of times that they don't really affect ratings all that much. And I, I agree. Like I like Olsen in the booth a lot. But I, I just kind of wonder what these networks truly care about. Because they're giving Brady all this money when they have no idea, or they didn't when they signed him, I don't think, how good he would be at this job. So I guess like what, what are these networks really looking for when they're debating Olsen and Brady and like how much money to give these guys? Yeah, I mean, you're going to need a lot of psychotherapy if you really want to try to determine why television executives do what they do. Don't always pretend that they, you know, these are uh, these are the leading MIT people in our country. Um, return on investment is a very tricky thing when it comes to sports broadcasting contracts because you are absolutely correct. None of these people 
are going to increase the ratings one iota. You are watching the Bills Chiefs on NBC, uh, whether it's, you know, Romo or Aikman doing the game or Jeremy White and Richard Deitch doing the game. Like, that, that's the drive for you. It's the game, the matchup, competitiveness of the game. What the networks will say, and this is where it's correct, is how you process the game, how you feel about the program that you just watched really is determined by the people on the screen and obviously the production people behind the scenes. And that's why they're getting paid the money that they do because the network wants you to come away with sort of the goodwill of, man, NBC puts on a good football broadcast or, man, ESPN puts on a good football broadcast. And their thought would be that that keeps you with the network long term. Obviously, that means that you may purchase the ads that appear on that network. It's very important to them to have the NFL sign off and like who their broadcasters are. This is why ESPN finally got Buck and Aikman because they were really tired, I think, of both the public and the NFL not particularly being satisfied with their booth. So most of these kind of broadcasting contracts, in addition to what the sort of market bears at the moment, is about, like, network executives trying to put on a product that will keep their viewers happy with the product. But in terms of viewership, you guys are absolutely correct. It, it Greg Olson is not – and there's no disrespect to him or Kevin Burkhardt. Greg Olson and Kevin Burkhardt are not going to add a single viewer to the Super Bowl. You are watching the Super Bowl because you want to watch that game. Who the broadcasters are is really just about how you experience the game. Speaking with Richard Deitch on uh, the Western Hotline, when it comes to the Brady conversation, you know, like I, I, I wonder what that role is supposed to be. You know, you say no one's adding real numbers to that, and Richard, we're we're kind of at a point where I don't know if it's a long term fracturing off, but ESPN going to the Manning cast for someone like me, and I think maybe what like two million people, it's a, it's a the number that are watching the regular broadcast dwarfs what's watching the Manning cast. But for those of us that do watch the Manning cast, I, I feel like I get much more value out of a regular game that doesn't involve my team on that. So the right now, the way that it stands, the only person that actually drives me to the television to watch a game is Peyton Manning and Eli Manning. And I feel like the other jobs, the the Olsons, the Brady, whoever's in those seats, and Tony Romo is in, this, is in the spotlight a lot for this lately because all of a sudden everyone kind of thinks he's not good at it anymore or something's happened there. So what's the job supposed to be? And, you know, I guess the second part of that is the Romo criticism. Like what what has happened to him over his couple of years here? Yeah, so let's take the first part. Um, you, you are an anomaly, uh, Jeremy, just in terms of, like, the metrics and the numbers. So I've been told that Manning, before, by the way. <laughs> they, yeah, it's a compliment. It's good to be unique. So the, the Manning cast um, averages over the course of a season about 1.5, 1.6 million viewers. The, the broadcast will average 14, 15. So we're talking 10x more people are watching the main broadcast than the Manning cast. Doesn't mean the Manning cast isn't successful. Quite the opposite. It's additive viewing, and it gives viewer choice, which is what ESPN really wants. It actually, you know, again, it keeps you buying ESPN, and ESPN is a very expensive thing to buy still in the cable universe. Um, so, But the reality is most of your audience will not watch the Manning cast. They'll watch the main broadcast and – there's a long discussion as to why, you know, viewer habit. Uh, people want to see the sort of the big screen in, in a game. They're used to that. I think the hardcore football fan, and I think a lot of media people do watch the Manicast, and it's an excellent product, un- unquestionably so. It's uh, um, They have something there. In terms of the Romo criticism, 
you know, and again, I'm somebody who um, very early on really, really praised Tony Romo and thought he was a revolution as a, an analyst. I don't think he and Nance had a great year, but what I do think is, and this is ha- this happens a lot in in sports um, uh, television um, and and sports media, sort of writ large. Once somebody sort of writes a couple think pieces about a a, a broadcaster, it's a very easy kind of wave to start piling on, particularly on social media and on Twitter. And I think that's what happened with Tony Romo and the Shiri. I, I don't think Tony Romo is as bad as the um, you know, the social media sentiment might be at the same time. Yeah. I, I think there was something off with that broadcast. Um, Romo comes in way too hot lately in terms of just really talking a lot and being a little too overexcited. So you get a little bit more of that as opposed to analysis. I don't necessarily buy that. He's not studying. That seems absurd to me. I think all these guys study and, and they prep. Um, but you know, like this does happen. I mean, this, I'll give you an example, which I never thought I would saw Al Michaels this year experienced criticism for the first time in his long career. Uh, you know, people saying he wasn't interested in the game. Uh, you know, he didn't have good calls. So at a certain point, every broadcaster with the exception of Vince Scully, like really, you know, they, they, they get some criticism at a certain point in the career. And to me, the interesting thing is going to be just how Romo and CBS sort of deal with that and what we get from that crew next year and it's a big year for cbs next year because cbs has the super bowl next year will be nance and romo in the super bowl last thing richard the amazon broadcasts i thought the amazon broadcast you know romo or excuse me michaels and herb street notwithstanding the studio show i thought amazon had the best broadcast of any carrier mm. when it came to the studio show and the alternate feed the next gen stats the the visuals they could provide when it comes to tracking plays and the player tracking and what I what I'm getting at with that is everybody is chasing the elusive NBA inside the NBA and TNT, right? Every, every sport wants its version of Shaq and Barkley and Ernie Johnson and Kenny Smith. Everybody wants that, and I felt like Amazon got close to that with Fitz and Richard Sherman and Andrew Whitworth. Like they were good. What, what kind of value is there in studio shows? What kind of value is there in that? Where you know, the, some of the trend is to put 12 people. I'm sure the Super Bowl this week, there's going to be a desk with 30 people behind it, right? Like, you can't get enough people on the screen. Um, and when it comes to chasing things, it really does seem like they're they're all chasing that NBA model. Yeah, I mean, studio analysts, uh, at Super Bowl, that's a growth industry. It'll never go down. Um, that, you know, your, 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 um, your analysis of Amazon is interesting because, you know, when I talk to people about Amazon, they usually focus more on the game. And the production, the production was excellent. You know, how you feel about Michaels and, uh, and Herb Street is sort of how you feel about Michaels and Herb Street. But there, I, I didn't read or, or hear a lot of talk on the pregame. And I, I just think because, one, it was a new product, and, two, the numbers probably watching that pregame are pretty low. Um, you know, because I think most people who probably watched or sampled Thursday Night Football this year, they probably, they probably sampled it right around game time. The one thing I will say, having watched that, is I, I think that group really improved over the over the course of the year. Um, I, I'm not sure I'm as high on them as you are, but I do think they were different in that the, they felt much more um, free flowing. You know what I mean? Far less like quote unquote TV and more like improvisational, which I think is the the way you want to go for a studio show for the exact reason you said the genius of inside the NBA on top of obviously who's on it is that it never feels scripted, right? It never feels like, okay, 30 seconds, Shaq, you give your point, 30 seconds, Charles, you give your point, 30 seconds, Kenny, 
that's what ESPN a lot of times felt like over the years. You know, ES, uh, Turner might go, you know, Shaq might go seven minutes on something, <laughs> you know, and then Barkley will say th- something for like, he'll have one, a one-liner and they'll go to break. They just don't, they don't quote-unquote do TV. They just have a conversation. And I think at different points, Amazon had that. My, my one thing with uh, Amazon, Tony Gonzalez to me sort of, I'm not sure why he's on the set and what he's providing. So I think they have already sort of maybe one too many people. Um, I'm not sure how much, at least is my sort of per, my experience, you know, Whitworth sort of was hit or miss when he sort of was coming on. But I do agree with you. I think, like, they do have something with Richard Sherman and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, Carissa Thompson's a good host because she's, again, like, she, she understands the job, which is to set her analysts up. And so I do think they got something with Fitzpatrick and Sherman, and I think they will um, – build on that and the, and the, and it looked good if nothing else like after the game it kind of looked like a fun place to be and i think if you're a studio show that's what you want right you want you want to feel like hanging out with these people would be pretty cool yeah richard deitch hosts the sports media podcast richard thanks very much for the time and uh, enjoy the super bowl one of the uh, you know big media events of the year of course in uh, in the business yeah enjoy is maybe the wrong word i'll be up till 3 a.m filing for the athletic <laughs> very good very good richard richard deitch joining us thanks richard thanks guys I had something I wanted to mention to you right off of that. And what was it, Joe? What was it? Was it Thursday Night Flexing or we were talked about that a little bit? Is it Romo related? No. He said he doesn't buy the idea that he doesn't study. Yeah, I don't I don't think that was it for me either. I I just think that he the game is just getting too far away from him at this point. No, I don't think that's it either. Maybe he just needs to take a little coaching. He needs to take a chill pill. <laughs> I like the way he comes in too hot. Yeah. That is what he does a lot. I also, this didn't come up with Richard. He wrote recently about, this is the bigger story that doesn't really pertain to Buffalo because of MSG, the the Sinclair Sport uh, Sinclair Broadcast Group bankruptcy that is going to impact like 30 regional sports networks around the country, Bally Sports. And if all those go away, how like salary caps and all well, not not the NFL, but the other three sports could all go down because it's going to be billions of dollars in broadcast revenue that just disappears if they disappear, mm. if they disappear, which is still a huge if. But when we get back, a follow up to your conversation with <laughs> Sal yesterday. Sal uh-huh. said he had a question that was either a good question or a terrible question. It was up to you to decide. I would like to field this question. Okay. If you didn't hear what it was, it was about how much credit the previous Sabres GM should be getting for the Sabres' current roster. I'd like to field that question and perhaps talk a little trade rumor for the Sabres as well. That's coming up. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast (sighs) spring is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Visions of a second point are on their sticks. Here's a lead pass. Knocked down in front of that scores! The workhorse from Whitehorse down the middle finishes the night, and the Sabres win it in overtime, 12 seconds in. Okay, quick Sabres conversation. So you and Sal had a good chat yesterday. He teased in our in Extendo Sports. I got a question. I'm going to ask everybody, and then he didn't ask it. He teased it for the the show, you know, starting at ten, which is a good idea because if he had asked yeah. me that question at nine fifty nine, I wouldn't have stopped talking for an hour. But I wonder if he knew that. <laughs> he probably. Like, did. If I say what this question is right now, this show is going to start twelve minutes late. Yes. So I've got a Sabers rumor for you when we're done with this quick conversation. But first, uh, Joe. What was the question? The question was, does Jason Bottrell deserve more credit for the current state of the Sabres? More credit than... Than he gets. Not more credit than Kevin Adams or more credit than than anybody else. But does, does he deserve some credit for the Sabres turning the page and getting back on track? Given that... I think this came about because Cousins was his final first-round pick. And it was the day after he had signed. So I think that was probably the genesis of it. Okay. I'm preparing my answer. 
No. <laughs> Jason Bottrell was a horrendous general manager. Uh-huh. To say he deserves credit is like saying, I mean, guys, J.P. Lossman threw some touchdown passes. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. Not every decision was terrible. A lot uh-huh. of them were horrifically bad. He drafted Cousins. You know who else would have drafted Cousins? A lot of people at the eighth overall pick. Yeah. He traded for Tage Thompson. Okay. And as I pointed out yesterday, and Paul did too when he came on, was not the guy they were targeting. No, and from no, St. Louis. nobody knew that Tage Thompson was going to become this. Or if anybody did, the Blues would not have traded him. Right. Does Bottrell deserve more credit? I don't know. Does Housley deserve credit for having Darlene on the roster? Right. They Who finished. Does uh, Does Murray deserve credit because Tuck wouldn't be on the team if they didn't have Eichel? Yeah, you can do this a lot. So you do it with a lot of things. Yeah. Does Rex Ryan deserve credit for the Bills ending the drought? A lot of no. the players that they had on that team. Does Doug Whaley get credit for Tredavious White? Right. Like, no. Jason. Or the or the trade that they trade down and get the draft capital to draft Allen next year. Yeah. Did, you can you could talk your you can it would not be right. You could create a way of saying Doug Whaley deserves credit for the Bills having Josh Allen. You could do that. You could. If you really wanted to. And he's a part of it. So you know, Bottrell didn't do everything wrong. So it's not as easy as not everything he did was what I, well, and th- where I think you might disagree, like the thing I was saying to Sal was I, I did not want to defend him one iota as a general manager. Like the inaction that he took year after year after year to not change over the roster. We were waiting for roster surgery yeah. to happen for four years, and it never happened. Did not want to defend that one iota. I was willing to meet him a little bit in the middle on the on the on the draft evaluation. I mean. Samuelson in the second round looks like a really nice pick. Lucan in the second round, we'll see, but that's trending well. Bryson in the fourth round, you got an NHL or pass round two. Okay. And Cousins at seven, like, you didn't have to take Cousins at seven. You're right, a lot of other people would, but he did do that. And I would want to give him some credit for targeting that guy. But even if I might want to defend him a little bit as a talent evaluator, I don't want to defend him as a general manager. After Cousins in the top 10, Matthew Boldy, Peyton Krebs. Yep. Oh, these, oh, sorry, these are the rankings in that neighborhood. Krebs went much later. Okay, yeah. After, after, after Cousins t- went Zegras, Boldy, Alex Newhook, Cole Caulfield. Like, okay. Yeah. And actually, wasn't everyone screaming for Cole Caulfield? And so, he's he's a fu- he's a nice player too. Some might so. have been. Here's the thing though, like the one thing you don't get credit for as an NHL GM for me is picking good players near the top. That's free. It's totally free. You just hey, who do you want? Just don't mess it up. Don't mess this up. And, and he he did one of them, right? Maybe what Middlestat? Middlestat Middlestat at eight doesn't look great. No, and I know it, he's turned it, into a decent player at but. the time. It looked okay, looked promising. And Tim Murray missed on Alex Nylander in the top 10. You're going to have yeah. your occasional misses in the top 10. But for the most part, drafting there is a guarantee. You're going to get somebody good. For the Sabres, I just, I, you know, I, I listened to the whole conversation. You guys had a good conversation about the tank and what that meant having Eichel here and trying to always build around him because he was going to be a savior. And that's true. That didn't have to be that way. That was more mismanagement. Other teams have drafted a player at the top and then just gone on and been a regular team. And taken their talented player and built. Like, the Sabres have two number one overall picks on this roster right. on defense. So, 
the the Bottrell thing, man, he was the GM when a coach put Jeff Skinner on the taxi squad. Mm-hmm. The only way I'll listen to it, I guess, or give Bottrell credit, is if he was a GM that had no power to do anything. If he couldn't actually do anything. Couldn't fire the coach, wasn't allowed to. Couldn't trade this player, trade that player. If he was a handcuffed GM, then he probably deserves forgiveness on some level. But, you know, they played Sabotkin top six minutes. Yeah, I don't he, take it that way. They played Risto. They, they, they that, did, could that be... Th- that could that be the number one thing that he never got right was you let Ristolain and sit on your roster playing that many minutes the entire time you were general and manager. And Kevin Adams walks in and trades him for a first round pick immediately. Like that's what you needed to do. Yeah. Well, that was the whole team though, right? Like he didn't want to he didn't want to take apart any of the roster. He instead wanted to as I mentioned yesterday when I when me and Sal were talking about this, let me throw a fourth round pick at Michael Froelich. Let me throw a, four, a fifth round pick at Wayne Simmons. Of, of, Let me trade for Marco Scandella and Nathan Bullyu. Like he was just trying to add these little fringe roster players to the roster and think that the core of the team is fine. I just add these depth players and we'll be fine. He never really did. He ever really take the team apart in a major way. No. Even the O'Reilly trade, like Paul even said yesterday, like he was forced to do the trade that day. Yeah. So that, do I even want to give him credit for that? That's what I mean. If he was forced in everything, then he doesn't deserve really any valuation, I guess. But credit? No. Very little. Like what what would you what could you give him credit for in this team right now? Because I don't really want to give him credit for Thompson. No, not at all. Cousins is maybe your best chance. And is that it? Is there any is there anything else? No. Like Samuelson? Skinner, he made the Skinner trade. He made the Skinner trade, but then he, he made also the Skinner trade. Paid him nine signed million. him the nine million dollars and let him be put on the on the taxi squad. Right, the, <laughs> right. The coach, the coaching decisions too. But like even Samuelson, like how much credit do I have a guy for hitting on him one second round pick? Right. Like, here's like a, if, if, I feel like most GMs will get in. It's above expectation, right? It's above what your peers do. And what did Jason Bottrell do that was better than his peers? Because I can sit here and say he hit on Matias Samuelson in the second round, but if I take 10 minutes in the next 15, if I take 10 minutes here to go look through every other team during that time period, I'm probably going to find that every other team hit on a second round picker. There was a, it went out yesterday, I saw a tweet about teams from 2010 to 2020, the number of NHL games they got from their non-first-round draft picks. Might have been mm-hmm. second through seventh or third through seventh. The Sabres were third from the bottom. Yeah. They've not drafted past the first round all that well. And, you know, to the to the overall point about the build, and just just imagine for a moment, because Bottrell and Murray both did not entertain entertain the idea of a coaching change. They, would, they weren't interested in it. Didn't want to hear it. Kevin Adams finally fired a coach, and look what he did. Oh, man. Yeah. Look at this. A good coach. <laughs> if, right. if Jason Bottrell, after year one of Phil Housley finishing DFL and getting Rasmus, Rasmus Dahlin says, okay, yeah, you weren't supposed to be the worst team in hockey, so you're fired, mm-hmm. and let's hire a coach. What if they land on Don Granato? And Don Granato walks in for Rasmus Dahlin's 18-year-old season. Yeah. Like the... the, the, the has, friend, he, has he won a Norris already? It's possible. <laughs> Well, listen, like, we didn't have to all fight about everything that did happen, but 
the number of things that they did wrong. It's why they hemorrhaged all those season ticket holders. And Kevin Adams has had the job of rebuilding the franchise that Jason Bottrell was a big player in destroying. Right. <laughs> they don't have full right. buildings because of that guy. Yeah. And Kevin Adams got to work with occasionally five, not five, 10,000 people on a Tuesday because of what the previous guy did. So you know, I don't want to give him credit for really anything. And I think the Sabres are in, it, it is kind of amazing how well things are going for the Sabres right now. Yeah. That things are lining up. They're getting good players. They're getting long-term contracts. They can talk about trades right now because they're so flush with, with assets. And even if they were to trade away two, you know, a top, a first round pick they took last year and this next first, they'd still have tons of prospects and tons of talent in their, in their system. So they've done a almost perfect job. I can't even say what's not perfect about it. And that was sitting right there for Bottrell the entire time. Like, what has Adams done? Adams has come in, and, I mean, I love the idea that he's built an analytics department right away, or he's brought people in to do that. So I like that part. But it was sitting right there the whole time. Just sell. Get get the core out of here. That didn't even have to mean Eichel back then. But get get the guy, Ristolainen and Leonard, and just don't wait around for this to fail. Move on from these veteran players that it's not working with. Get picks. Get prospects. Start up again. So, try your own build. That that's the thing. Like, did he ever really even have his own build? Who are the Botrell guys? They're all holdovers from Murray. Yeah. Right. Like he A just lot. he did he never really tore down Murray's build. Adam showed up and immediately tore it down. And to me, that is the biggest difference. And is turned it fast. Botrell waited. Way too long, and by the time he might have arrived at, this ain't it. He was stuck, because now we're at year six of Eichel not making <laughs> it, and now it's, okay, can I go into a rebuild? Because the reporting was that Eichel didn't want to go through a rebuild, and he would ask for a trade if that was the case. So that's when they signed Taylor Hall, and that's when, okay, let's Eric Stahl, like, let's try this again. <laughs> he backed himself into a corner where the only thing he could do was throw as many veteran players at it as possible because he had waited too long to actually start a rebuild. So the rumor. Yeah, it's just we, an update of a rumor. rumor. Just an update of a rumor. I mentioned earlier in the show that I, I haven't heard from the Super Secret Sabre source in a while. At least, you know, not on any sort of, like, rumor thing. It's still like a, hey, what's going uh-huh. on? How have you been? Anyway, the Chikrin stuff. There's, here's the... That, yeah, you know, Chickering rumor's been out there a while. Timo Meyer is out there as a rumor. Carlson. The Sabres are tied to a lot of potential trades. The same way the Bills are tied to running backs because <laughs> the Sabres have room. If they wanted to make a trade, they could make any one of these trades. Yep. They have the cap space. You know, will they do it? Eh, maybe, maybe not. Um, but what was relayed to me was that of, of those deals, if you were to bet one, which one could they actually get done or are they most interested in? It is the Chickering deal more than Timo Meyer. Okay. And also says he wouldn't be surprised if Adams makes multiple deals, multiple deals, smaller ones here and there before the deadline. So, I like that Jacob Chikrin. We'll see. He, he he fits the age profile. He fits the age profile, and just dreaming about if this team goes from playoff contender to everything continues to go great, and they do actually get closer to all right. Is this team a Stanley Cup contender? I really think it's going to be the blue line. Like I, I know they are second in the NHL in scoring, but 
thinking about how Darlene is a Norris candidate right now at 22 and how power, if you look at his, a lot of his numbers aren't even that underlying, but there's so many things out there that tell you he is already an elite contributor on the back end. If they added Chikrin, yep. I mean, I would be thinking this is the this is going to be the best blue line in hockey for five to ten years. How about Chikrin is under contract for two more seasons after this season at four point six? That's also enticing. And he is twenty four, right? And Age fits everything. The, fits the biggest mark against him is that he will be a UFA after the deal. Like it's not a deal to right. get to RFA status, but whatever. You still get two full years of Chikrin at four point six. That's probably why the price is as high as it is because nothing about Chikrin is prohibitive. The money yeah. isn't. The term isn't. Right. The rumors have been they want the Eichel trade package. They want a good NHL player. They want a good prospect. They want a first-round pick. And that might be fair given how cheap he is. Yeah. He also is a lefty, which I don't think I want to care about that all that much, but it would be, I guess, a little strange that the Sabres' best four, their best four defensemen would all be left shot, even though Darlene plays on the right. So they have to figure out what to do with that. Would they play two guys? Would they play... Would they play Power and Chickering together? Would they split them up and even out the minutes a little bit more throughout? They'd have to figure out how to do that. But man, a one, two, three, four of Darlene, Power, Chickering, and and Samuelson is just—I mean, holy cow! Eight oh three oh five fifty. Got some football talk coming up at nine o'clock with uh, Ben Brown of Pro Football Focus, and then coming up at nine thirty, John Mattis of the Score. Talk a little hockey and get the Sabers second half preview as well. 8030550 to join us here on WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Happy belated birthday. I think it was yesterday. It was. John Williams. Legend. 91. Okay, ready? I, I wanna... think I learned the other day that John... I should, probably should know this. John Williams also with the Jurassic Park I was about to go soundtrack. through the list of movies he did. Okay. And I'm going to ask you, who's better, John <laughs> Williams or LeBron? <laughs> our, okay. Our favorite game show, John yes. Williams or LeBron James. We should, I mean, when we say greatest of all time, we get too specific here. Yep. So, John Williams, he did Jaws, Star Wars. Wow. He did... Go to IMDb. Uh, Jurassic Park, all the Indiana Jones, E.T., Schindler's List. He wow. did. The, didn't he write the Olympic theme? I think so. Yeah. John- That's like all the classic movies of all time. <laughs> right. um, see, I've got more here. 
television shows Lost in Space. He did. Uh-huh. I, I'm in the 70s here. I want to like move forward to modern times a little bit more. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Superman Returns. Okay. X Men series. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. Just on Star Wars, Jaws, and Jurassic Park, and Indiana Jones alone. He is. Is he not undoubtedly the greatest of all time? The GOAT composer? I think, I think he has to be above LeBron then. Above LeBron. Above LeBron. LeBron, there's, no there's debate a debate on it. Yeah, LeBron, there's a debate. He is uh he's on the tiger goat level. I agree. The the tiger uh what was our goat level? It was Tiger, Serena, and Gretzky. John Williams. Tier one. Is he still making movies? Or he's still making music for movies? I think so. I think he just did the West Side Story redo. Okay. Or remake. Yeah, all this. Superman. We're at the Superman theme as well. That's Come on. <laughs> Get out of here. It's like eighth on his <laughs> on his achievement list. It's also uh, Joe Pesci's 80th birthday. Oh. Legend. Also a legend. Not quite the GOAT, maybe, but... Unless you're talking specifically about, like, mafia movies. And Harry Potter. And you Harry, Harry Potter. Harry Potter too. Is that right? Is this? Is just everyone going? To, I mean, I guess everyone that's about to make a giant movie is going to see if John Williams will do it for him. Yeah. Jeez. Heather Prusak texted that in. Thanks, Heather. The Oscars. Get out of here. <laughs> what didn't John Williams? Right. Write? That might be a better question. The Monday Night Football theme. No. <laughs> they hey they they could see give him a shot at it. Hey, what would you do as a football theme? Why did, did Amazon make a call? They should have. <laughs> right. Yeah, they got money. Yeah. Let's get John Williams to score the game. He's got Home Alone as well. I mean, I yeah. don't know. Ooh, Catch Me If You Can, one of my all-time favorite movies is John Williams. Garrett writes in, Hans Zimmer is a close second. I know Hans. I don't know Hans Zimmer. Who is this Hans? Sorry. Saving Private Ryan for John Williams. Some people will appreciate who is this Hans, I hope. How many... You know what I'd like to find out? How many Oscars or... Yeah, how many Oscars has he been involved with? John Williams? Yeah. Like, how many movies that he has composed okay. have won an Oscar? Well, I guess... Did Jaws win an Oscar? Did Star Wars? Maybe he's not always picking, like, the most filmy movie of all time. <laughs> no, he's just going for the checks. Like, I don't think Jaws 3D won, won, a, uh, won, a, won an Oscar. John Williams. The GOAT. The GOAT. Definitive. The GOAT. All right, a little football when we get back. Joining us will be John Williams. No. Uh, <laughs> Pro Football Focus is Ben Brown to join us. And, uh, you know, a little Super Bowl preview. It's Super Bowl week. Bill, uh, Not Bills. Listen to me. Oh, my God. Wow. Chiefs and Eagles. Yeah. I was, just, wow. I was so prepared to say it for six months. So. Uh, 372 Oscar nominations from John Williams. 372. How many, how many does LeBron have? 209 wins. <laughs> not that many. Yeah. All right. Congratulations and happy belated birthday to John Williams. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.